once again to another episode of Excuse Me, I'm Speaking. Yes, y'all, I'm so glad to be back for this week's episode. This is your host, the one and only, she is Twinkle. Round of applause for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all, y'all, I know y'all think I'm crazy, but um, yes, this is she is Twinkle. Call me Twinkle Antoinette, whatever you want, as long as you're calling my name. But back by popular demand, y'all know if y'all listened to last week's episode, it was a treat. I don't know why she's silent in the background, (laughs) but she is here. I'm going to let her introduce herself, my co-host, Marlena Watson, a.k.a. Nina, also known as I Am Nina Watts on Instagram. Yes. Y'all, so we are back with part two from last week's episode, so if you didn't get a chance to catch up on that, please make sure you do that. Um, But before we even dig into part two, for those of y'all that are listening, you already know where we're from, okay? Kansas City. Come on now. All we do is win, win, win. No matter what, okay? And this was a major week for us this within these past seven days. Yeah, it was great. Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. We are on the Once again. Yes. So, um, for that Super Bowl win, what were your initial thoughts? Because we watched it in two separate places. So, mm-hmm. what was your reaction? Well, I knew we were going to win. I wasn't doubting the team. So, I knew from the very beginning when we did the coin toss, it was going to end up in our favor in the end, which it did. Mm-hmm. It worked out perfect. Mm-hmm. So, I really didn't have any issues. I was just worried about our kicker because I'm like, okay. Bucker. Do not oh, mess man. up, Mr. Buckner, because the Buckner or whatever. Bucker. Bucker. It, it, don't, it don't matter. I we was going to call mean. him something else, but we're <laughs> not going to go there because he did his thing, and we just going to say, woo woo. He did his thing one when, for it the counted. Team. when it we, counted. But, we, but he did miss one, and exactly. I'm like, sir, are you, do you want this, or what are we doing here? At the the end of the yeah. game we always want it by the end of it though we so, want it by the end so all that matters yes final score 38 to 35 that's right yes yeah, so i don't know if you were like me and a lot of other women out there i was highly confused when one of our players he just slid close oh, to that was the touchdown perfect. i'm like all of us, all of us women were upstairs and we were like, you could have just slid in there. It's like two feet. Like, what are you doing? Like, we're going crazy. It's too much time for the other team because what would have happened is we would have given them more time on the clock and they can throw that ball. And they're knowing, you know, they're they're um, used to that ball being thrown so far and mm-hmm. they're used to catching it. And, they and it's good. hard. They're good. So, you know, I'm not a big football you know, I like don't know. Guru. Yeah, I yeah. don't know too much about it, but I did learn a game over yeah. the course of time. But I felt like that was perfect for us. We count down that clock, and then we only had a couple of, you know, just a couple of seconds left for them to have that ball. It was no good. We won. It was yeah. great. I was I excited it. about that. Y'all, y'all already know my favorite part of the game is when it's over and we win. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, in real life when you got all these haters out there and mm-hmm. they're doubting you and they mm-hmm. are waiting on your downfall mm-hmm. and they're like, they want to laugh in your face. Mm-hmm. And when you get to throw it right back at them, like I'm still shining anyway. Yeah, yeah that was Pat Mahomes and mm-hmm. Kelsey. Now, Pat, he is – um. What should I say? He's polished, okay? Yeah. He is media friendly. He's trained. Kelsey? Mm-hmm. He just hood. 
Yes. <laughs> Straight We just love them. Like, I, the, I mean, it absolutely. is. It's no, I mean, you cannot, there there can't be another football player in this world like him. But he has the You go down in history. He, I loved him because right after the game, this huge victory. And for one, he just played his brother, okay? That's right. Um, from yeah. interviews, I heard um, the first words that his brother said to him after when they were on the field was, he said, Freak you, congratulations. <laughs> well, that's the humor and, and the brother and, you know, that sibling yeah. love there. But, I mean, he's still happy because guess what? He still get the money, too. That's yeah. family. I'm yeah. sure they, you know, yeah. the whole family I mean, is... they live in their best life and their mama. Well, my part that I loved about it was Kelsey goes up to the camera during the interview, okay, on live TV. Mm-hmm. And they were asking him if he had any, like, words. And he's like... Not now one of y'all I mean, yeah. believed in us. Not one of y'all was going for us. And basically, like, now y'all got to eat that. Yeah. But the key words was not, not now one of y'all. Not now one of y'all. And the way that he said it, it was like, He okay, meant it. He meant that. And I mean, that's that was, exactly how he talks. Yeah. And I love it every time. Me too. Okay. All the personalities. It's that inner city. Yes. It, we ain't going to say. Where is he from? Cleveland. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, Ohio. The urban part, the, probably. Yeah, inner city. Okay. Um, But, you know, the interviews that they had with him and his brother growing up, you know, they were on the same football team. And he wasn't even getting the time. His oh. brother was. And but his so, brother is older than him, right? Yeah. Okay. And so he was helping him. And so look at, you know, but they're both good. Yeah. The mama can't, I mean, she... She did She's her winning. thing with that. And yeah. she had some big old boys, too. Yeah. So all that hard work. They had work, no food in their house. Labor delivery. All that. All taking the care of them kids from grade school to and high school to college. I'm sure they're taking college. care of her now. It paid back, mama. That's what well, I'm talking hey, about. Hey, um, I do know that they do have a podcast together. I've never listened to it I until this week. interview. It's called yeah. New Heights. Okay. And so I looked it up on Apple Podcasts, and I listened to the most recent episode because it was them. They gave a really detailed account of like what went wrong on mm-hmm. both team sides. Travis Kelsey said he doesn't even know like where they were in the mm-hmm. second quarter, which yeah. I agree with him. Yeah. But they got it together when they came back and they talked about like from their point of view, pivotal moves in the game. And it was still like a good like brotherly love conversation. Yeah. And it, it was exciting. So you, you got to understand it's still the business. Yeah. It's a business. I mean, they're, they're both they still making money. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so at the end of the day, it, it still goes in each other's pockets, so what, hey. Okay, so talking about going in each other's pockets, something that was interesting to me is that the halftime performers do not get paid. That's right. Do you believe that she deserved to get paid? She as in the Rihanna? I mean, she's a multi-millionaire. So she don't need it. Here's the thing. Would you have that, paid her for this performance? That performance, her showing off the baby bump. Yeah, your name. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's hard to say yay or nay. I'm not saying yay or nay. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, uh, you know, because here's my thing with it. She gets the performance. She's got all this stuff she's selling with her makeup line, her uh, athletic line. She's got the baby bump. She probably come out with some baby clothes. You oh, know, they here said she's already started a, like a baby Fenty or See, whatever. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. So then there's and then it's just promoting into her other million dollar. You know. Okay, but we, she was there for the performance. That's what we were 
we were expecting that. Mm-hmm. Like, for people to go all out. Mm-hmm. But you're tuned in now. You're following her. She's all on social media. She's all on We've commercials. We've been doing that. But here's, Perform. But not like that. She's been quiet. She's been kind of she laid don't back. She really have to do much because exactly. of her status. Exactly. But all this is is just bringing out more hype to what she's about to come out with. She's coming. Okay. Now, I'm going to be honest. I did expect more. Mm-hmm. I know me, like a bunch of other people, I'm staring at the TV like, okay, I know she just had a baby not too long ago. Like, is that still, like, trying to get rid of baby, like, weight, like, in her stomach area? Mm-hmm. Or is she pregnant again? Well, when I looked at her face, I thought, dang, that's a face of a mother. Okay, so five kids, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. It mm-hmm. just looked motherly. And I kept saying, to my daughter, she's got to be pregnant. That's a motherly look. Like that. And face that's what I was thinking. But glowing. you know, you don't want to say it but, if it's not true. And then you look at her weight, and I'm like, impossible. They work extra hard after losing, I mean, after having those babies. But it is hard. Harder it's hard. Than what you but think. they ain't got yeah. nothing else to do but to work. This is true. They don't have an eight, eight to five to clock in, too, to say, I don't have time during the morning or time during the evening. They mm-hmm. have time all day long. So when they have those babies, they drop that weight immediately. They work out. They work hard. Well, at least those that have the money to do it. However, I knew that woman was pregnant. She had that. She had that. Okay. That look. You know what I mean? Uh, that motherly look. I mean, I could see it. I just didn't want to say it and then she not be and pregnant. she was exhausted. Like barely moving. Like, okay, yeah. but I get it. They said she was suspended like super high up in the air. I'm not going to lie. You know, when the, her songs came out, and that's you know, anxiety I was singing, too. This is true. I mean, you think about all the liability behind that. So I get it. I mean, I was, I was singing along with her like, oh yeah, I remember that song. Oh, Rude Boy and you know, mm-hmm. Better Have My Money. All this, like I'm singing, like getting the vibes and everything, but I'm like, she's barely moving. I was in her position. My kids are 15 months apart. So I know what it's like to not like Maybe fully have your 11. weight. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how far along she is, but we did find out after the case she's pregnant. But I was just like, you know, I don't want to say something because it the weight doesn't always just drop off immediately. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was in that position. So, but for her sake, she's winning all the way around the all board. The around. I heard something funny. You know, her the father of her children is ASAP Rocky, and people definitely said he lived up to his name. Like, they are just getting these babies out the way, yeah. ASAP. Mm-hmm. Did you realize that um, I did recently hear that, like, the costumes her dancers had on and what she was wearing was symbolism? See, I don't... Uh, hmm. What was it? I mean, what was the symbolism? Very interesting. So, Red and white? Blood okay, sacrifice? So, no, so what I was thinking, because I'm like, oh, she's wearing red for the Chiefs. But from what has been lingering around there, what it represented is that all the little marshmallow people, I called them the marshmallow mm-hmm. people, but in white, all the men and the different dances they were doing, they were supposed to represent, like, like you know, um, like the egg and the womb and the sperm. Okay, that's what I was thinking. That's we what were it was getting supposed to, to be. Uh-huh. And so, like, that was her special guest appearance was her and then her new baby. Oh. Now, okay. I didn't put two and two together. Like, I was just very confused because some people just wear weird stuff. But hey. Well, we're going to consider it as the blood of Jesus and then we're going to consider the white as heaven. All right. You know, we're just trying to get there. All right. Well, hey, <laughs> we'll circle back around to this by the end of the podcast. In our music streaming. That's right. All right. Okay. So, next on the list. That was Sunday. Let's fast forward two days. Valentine's Day. What Was there one? 
I mean, I mean, I, in Kansas City, did in you Kansas really? City, it I was mean, we wore we wore red for what? For the Chiefs. Okay, so we had a red day anyway. Like we had like a red week for like two weeks straight. I'm still wearing red. Like there was more people out there looking for Chiefs stuff than actually looking for like Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Gift. I mean, I'd rather have a jersey. Oh my gosh, people were asking for that, exactly. like for their birthdays. Can that I get were a jersey this instead of uh, yes. chocolates and some flowers? Let me get a jersey. So I feel like it was, you know, kind of overlooked some to Kansas on City. My name. Yes, <laughs> but I mean, and nobody was staying up late because the next day was the parade. We were too excited. We were vamped. Everybody was hyped. Nobody was thinking about Valentine's Day. So I did not actually go to the parade. Did you? I did not. I sat at home and did my own home parade. It was cold. We outside. had to work. Yes, yes. So, well, all the schools let out. So yeah. I would have my kids with me. It would have been too much. My husband did go because he volunteered at the parade. Me, oh, we exciting. watched it like, I felt like we had front row seats watching it online, mm-hmm. um, streaming. So that was great. Uh, how many people were there? So what they said, and, and this is from 2020, they had over eight, 800, or let me see. 800,000 to a 1 million. That was in 2020. Mm -hmm. And that was probably only because of the weather and the COVID virus was kind of kicking in. We didn't know at that point. Yeah. But but people were getting sick sick. and it was kind of, you know, spread it out there at the time. But they said that there were over 1 million in 2023. Wow. So that kind of breaks a record. But this is, I mean, you have people from all over the world. Oh, yeah. Coming here just to. Yeah. Some people to be a part home, of the celebration. moved away and yeah. they came back. Yeah. So. I'm like, that is crazy. Yeah. Everything was all good. What I loved is um, we got to see um, the black mayor come out. So Mayor mm-hmm. Lucas. Yeah. Um, he speaks. He was super excited about it. He had yeah. been writing about it on Facebook and Twitter Tweet, and all yeah, of tweeting, that. Tweeting, all that. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was on a float. Yeah. Um, all the players were on the float. They were hopping off of the floats, and they were going to go, like, sign footballs. Like, they were taking people's phones and doing uh-huh. selfies. Like, yep. I'm sure Drinking that would Drinking out exciting. of other people's drinks. I'm like, no, they no, were, wait a minute. No, they drank Travis, a lot. We're doing too much with taking other people's exactly, drinks. Exactly, <laughs> okay. Um, germs, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah. once they made their way um, through, like, all those blocks of the parade, they finally made it to Union Station where the rally was. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty exciting because the mayor spoke and then the governor spoke, mm-hmm. which is what Mike Parsons. Yeah. Um, so when they introduced him, I thought I was tripping, but I know I wasn't. There were people booing in the background. I heard, I heard that. That's so right. he went ahead. I don't even I couldn't even hear what he was saying. Well, I didn't I pay attention to his speech anyway. I just moved on. Moved forward. right like, along. Okay, we're going to figure this one out later. Yep. Next, it was the little franchise owners and their family. I don't really know what they said. I couldn't pay attention. I was looking at their wives in the background. They was decked out in all their fur. I mean, like, they just lived in their best Down to the ground life. with mm-hmm. the fur hat. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that really have the money money. Yeah. I saw that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was checking their pockets. Then next, we had Tech Nine. I like Tech Nine. I do too. I, I thought it's before I, he he gives from the heart. Yeah, no, people love him. Yeah, like, and in he's California, from City. We went to California for vacation one time, and I was that's where I was born. It was Tech Nine stuff like everywhere, mm-hmm. like flyers. They love him there. I went to a concert here, and he was there, and like. 
People knew every he can single relate word. To everybody, every crowd. I mean, you know, race, he's just like it yeah, don't matter. Yeah, like, the ethnic background. He can relate. People love Tech Nine. We gonna keep loving Tech Nine. He's been in the he's been in the industry for a very long time, and the older rappers is you know they don't get that respect. Mm-hmm. So we are gonna put some respect on Tech put Nine. Put some respect name. on his name. Okay. So he he's done his thing, and and I think that that was the perfect person to come out and perform. Yes. He's I mean he's he's Kansas City. He's exactly. from hard. Well, along with putting some respect on people's names, um, the Chiefs made that very clear when the players got up there and they started talking in the microphone during the rally. Um, Of course, Andy Reid, the head coach, he spoke. um, Pat Mahomes spoke. um, Kelsey spoke. um, One of the linebackers spoke, I believe. Yeah, Nick Very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they were – it was a basic consensus of this was supposed to be our rebuilding year, and this was the year we actually went like. He's like won. rebuilding what? Like what does that yeah. mean? Yeah, and you know that and then was there's a little dance in Pacheco. I mean, <laughs> we it's a great team. Wow. It really it's, is. It's already the coach came and he he cleaned up. He did, and he's probably gonna clean up again. Oh, because so first we, of all, we they, from what was interesting to me is there was twenty four new faces on the team this mm-hmm. year. Eleven were rookies. When we had key people out of the game, the rookies still they, stepped up and they, they were great. Like, up. I, you got to give it to the rookies. So like, we're only gonna go up from here, and that's their opportunity to make that that chance to say, "Hey, I can do this. I'm a part of this." Yeah, and they did just that, and yeah. that's what they're paid to do. Anyone, anyway. Yeah. Yep. So you know, and they they're did. only gonna sharpen their skills. That's it. Even more so. So. I'm so on shout the, out to the rookies. Shout out to the rookies. I'm definitely on the same page as Travis Kelsey when he came out. First of all, he was blinged out. I don't know if you noticed, but he had on a blinged out chain. It was a Budweiser <laughs> can. I saw like, it. But it, and I don't know how much it cost, but it was shining through the TV. Mm-hmm. And he gave his speech. He had had a million drinks. Now, he was tame because his mama was on stage oh, yeah. with him, too. But what I loved is that he was getting crowd participation, and he was like, make you say, uh. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, Travis nah, Kelsey nah. said, okay, we going to take it back a little bit. Master P. Master P. Yeah. And the whole crowd Out of was the respect of the industry, it came right out. And it's that Southern. Yes. <laughs> that Southern I loved accent. it. I loved it, too. I loved it. I'm it like, was, come on, Tra- Travis Kelsey. It was a Kelsey. good old time. Let's, let's just give it to the people. Yep. So he, he giving it to them. Yep. So mm-hmm. now the consensus is just, hey, we're going to run it back. We're going to do this again. We've done it twice within the last what four years mm-hmm. yeah so so we and then don't forget frank clark let's not forget okay. the og mm-hmm. frank clark mm-hmm. that that one right there and i and i like his style and i like you know the fact that he kind of represents that og swag yeah of the chiefs yeah so let's let's keep it real yeah with frank clark. i think the whole team is like that's what They're the awesome. news um, reporters were saying like our team has so much personality mm-hmm. they're just exciting to watch period on the field mm-hmm. and off the field yeah. so Shout out. Yeah, we didn't give them a long recap, but it was worth it. It's worth it. It was a good old time. We're the champs. Yes. Yeah. All righty then. So enough about Chiefs and all of that. Finally, that blew over. It was a good old time. And now we are back still in the month of love, y'all. All right. So transitioning into part two of the podcast, continuing from last week. So now... If we recap, last week the topics were 
love lust or social media like that was the theme for last week's episode and we got a lot of really good feedback from people and from what i gather it just generated a lot more conversation and today we're going to continue that conversation on all right so um it leads me to the question of is it me (gasps) am i the problem do we ever take self-inventory I know last week we talked about dating and we talked about um, people, you know, dealing with past traumas and are, are they going for lust or love? And a lot of times it's like, oh, well, maybe this person is a problem. I keep running into this type of person. But did you ever ask yourself, is it me? How do you feel about that? Have you ever really taken self inventory in your own personal situations and realized maybe it's me? Maybe I'm doing something. I I did, and I had to slow down, and I had to take a lot of inventory. I had to decide on when it was time to make this surgical journey. It's mm. like, what do I need to fix? What needs to be healed? Because mm-hmm. we're really doing spiritual surgery. Interesting. And and we have to deal with the wounds that you know we really need to can't, and we can't put band-aids on anything it's especially yeah. now because these are critical times okay so i definitely it's key that you said putting band-aids on it because i think one way we put band-aids on on things which is why we don't heal or take that self-inventory we play the blame game mm-hmm. oh it's their fault they did it they hurt me even though that may be true that they hurt you but like what did you allow well the thing about it is when i say put the band-aid on it because we think about what sues us mm. we want to hear what sues us and words can either do a couple of things they can awake the soul they can sue the soul or they can hurt the soul oh yeah so we gotta try to figure out what's important mm-hmm. as to what we want in in the spirit body do we want and 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 honestly words are so powerful oh yeah people and say sticks them. and stones will break my bones but work i that like, words so will false. never hurt me i never tell my kids that because if you hit me with a stick i'm gonna throw it back at you yeah but you and say I, something my to skin me, I'm gonna is gonna literally which, heal yeah like yeah and and so then we can fix that but then if you say something to me, I'm going to remember what you yeah, said. Yeah, that's and an I'm emotional you, scar and wound. Yeah, I'm going to always like look bleeding. at you a little differently. Yeah. Yeah, so words are powerful. So we have to re-eval- reevaluate our our world and our words. And those are the most two important things. What we speak into existence and how we can change it to make it fitting into the world that we're in today. And so that's where you have that self journey, that self healing, that surgical, you know, spiritual mm-hmm. journey that you have to be really invested in. I would also say what we allow into our our minds, our thought process. Yeah. Like if that's no different from somebody that just will just stay in a verbally abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you just tell me, you make me feel like I'm nothing like you tell me I, I need to lose weight, I'm unattractive, I'm I'm stupid, I'm just all these things, mm-hmm. which it sounds crazy, but a lot of people do operate like that in yeah. relationships or even in dating. Like you let somebody put you down like that and you act like it doesn't hurt you, but it does. It's but- called the toxic talking. Mm-hmm. And that's like 
trauma and 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 we've over the course of time toxicity is a part of our our culture um you know we there's always something chaotic in the black family Mm. and i can't speak you know on all cultures but just growing up there was this always something that you would always remember your uncle would always say when he came in drunk you can always remember something traumatizing um or even if it even if that's not the case just some people's like beliefs and ideals are are toxic but they aren't healed they don't know any better so they just pour it on to the next generation yeah so I definitely think that that's a part of putting the band-aids on things is mm-hmm. that blame game and that like toxic cycle that mm-hmm. we've, we're kind of talking about. And so I definitely think when you do take self inventory, it's time to like break the cycle. Yeah. And I, we're talking about relationships, but as we also discussed last week, if the way you communicate in one type of relationship, so whether it be a romantic relationship that doesn't mean you're not using those same like behaviors or traits or communication styles within relationships with your friends and your family as well. Right. So I think they're, we had said that last week, they're yeah, all connected. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. It's already in you. And my dad used to always tell me that someone can't give you what's not in them. Mm. And so that's powerful because, what's manifested in someone is going to automatically come out of them. Mm. What's not in them, they can't feed it back to you. Mm. And that's when I say it's time to do that spiritual surgery. You got to start rethinking things and putting it in a more positive motion. Like rewiring your mind. You, yeah, you got to start doing stuff differently. The The thought process People say the mind is a powerful thing to waste. Joyce Myers. And they say it. The battlefield of the mind. Yeah, they say it, but I don't really think they take it into account. It's I mean, deep. I know I'm guilty of that sometimes because it's not like an easy like switch. Right. Like it takes a lot of like mental and emotional effort to so do so. Because you're so used to, then that's, that's the first step mm-hmm. is moving, removing yourself out of certain patterns and, you know, those traditions. How do you do that? Okay, so we're going to get to that, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we get into it, I do know there's usually, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe I'm right, but <laughs> there's usually <laughs> negative connotations that are associated with any form of self-improvement or like taking self-inventory. It's like, oh, well, I'm not the problem. Ain't nobody about to tell me that. It's these people out here. I am ready. I want this type of person. I am a good person at heart. Like, what do you mean I need to, like, change something about myself? And I think that's the automatic negative viewpoint of it, which is why so many people don't even get to that step of making those necessary changes. Well, you got to think about it. Look look at what's around you. Look at what you, I mean, look at what you pick and attract. Think about your surroundings and, and you know, what type of friends you hang with, what mm. type of things y'all do. You got to remember that um, when you are saying that it's not you, mm. that's the first key to that there's a problem right especially when you think that it's not you it's them okay well now you're 
pointing the finger. The blame game. And there's all these other fingers pointing back to you. Right. And now it's time to take a look in the mirror to find out what it is. Yeah. That's that shadow work. Yeah. You got to look to see what that shadow is representing. And are you actually living these fruits that you say nothing's wrong with? Like, are you really looking deep down into them to see, are these really fruits of the spirit? Is this really what God blessed me with? Mm -hmm. Every time I turn around, I'm into it with somebody. Somebody's saying something about me. This is what you're attracting. Right. So I think people don't understand that part. I'm a good person. How am I attracting these types of people? Like I just give off good vibes and these type of people shouldn't be coming my way. Mm -hmm. So what I feel like is, hmm, I feel like in every relationship, whether it's friendship or like romantic relationship or a familial relationship, just like they always say there's two, there's three sides to a story your side, their side, and then there's the truth. I do feel like a relationship takes two. Like, I mean, I guess you can be in a relationship with yourself, but it's like you, yourself, and me, myself, and I. It's all three of us, one person. Yeah. But I feel like you can't blame the demise or the downfall of a relationship all on one person. There is a lesson to be learned out of it from both people. Yeah. So even if somebody did like wrong you or hurt you or physically hurt you or emotionally like scar you, there is something that you did as well that you could learn and take from. So you might not have necessarily did it to them, but like, did you settle? Like, did you see the red flags and the signs and you didn't honor your feelings? Like, did you not speak up for yourself? Did you not teach that person how to treat you? Like, did you not put your foot down and then walk away? Or how do you treat them in return? Like a lot of us like to just think of ourselves, but like there's a role that we play in it because if you keep attracting a certain type of person, you are the common denominator. Yeah, very true. You, the thing about it is you got to have, first of all, you got to have that love and that peace within you. And then you got to change your existence. Mm. You got to learn how to recreate yourself. Okay. Unlearn to learn again. You know, when it's funny because when you're in a relationship and you're doing all the yelling, cussing and screaming, Mm -hmm. and then the other person is just sitting there, it's like, what is wrong with you? But you're you going out. Like you look like the crazy person. But usually that's when you can actually hear yourself. And that's when you can. But are you really hearing yourself? Well, when they're not <laughs> arguing back. So something one of my family members said, it like, it takes two people to argue. Facts. So sometimes when person is going back and forth and you're just quiet, they literally just hear themselves. Now, maybe not initially, but after a while. They might start thinking, like, I sound a little crazy. Yeah. I don't want this to be me. Like, why is, I don't like this version of me. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I connected it to um, the man in the mirror. So, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And remember um, on the award show, BET Awards. So, remember, speaking of Rihanna, when Chris Brown and Rihanna had that huge situation with Mm -hmm. the fighting and all of that Yeah, after the awards they had the big fight and and they tried to cancel chris brown and all of this and it was her too it was but i don't think she ever took the accountability for it not for years at least yeah but 
eventually he comes out on an award show and he performs Michael Jackson man in the mirror and was breaking down crying on stage. And like, it was a whole moment for him. I feel like, I don't think he was acting. I felt like that was like real for him. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, first of all, how often do you even look at yourself in the mirror and do you hype yourself up or do you like talk to yourself? Like how often do you really look at you and not in a vain type of way? Like, Oh, let me put on my makeup, but you're just looking at the raw version of yourself. It's funny you say that because um, it's like an incident that I had during the holiday and I acted out, you Mm -hmm. know, just completely acted a fool. And I thought I was past that Mm -hmm. moment of, you know, me going off and, you know, yeah, well, me (laughs) and letting people have it. And so it was I found myself by myself. Yeah, that was the most hurtful thing because. I have a big family Mm -hmm. and when you, you know, not around your family and it takes a toll on you, especially during the holidays, it becomes a seasonal, a seasonal depression. And I was like, dang, you know, um, I gotta do better. Mm -hmm. This ain't how I want to be. I can't keep reacting, um, hashing out like that to my children, to my, you know, my siblings. Like, how can I? What am I doing? Yeah. I got to figure this thing out. And I started taking inventory. Mm-hmm. I had to literally apologize. Mm. You but took it, accountability. But it hurt mm-hmm. because it was it was definitely for me mm-hmm. to heal. But when I realized my mother, I'm like, I'm still not healed from my mother's passing. Mm. Because a lot of her came out in me at that very moment. And I'm like, you've been gone since 2020, yet you're still coming back, showing me. And that's why I believe spirits are so real, because she's still coming back to show me that it's still time for you to change. It's still time for you to heal. I literally saw my mother exist in me. That's that trauma from, you know, when we're kids. Right. But do I want to ever act out like this again? Mm -hmm. Not at all. I miss my kids, you know, my grandkids. I miss being around my family. And it was, it was that I was still around them, but it wasn't the same energy. And it was like how my brother said it very best to me. He said, how can people really take you seriously Mm. when you're still acting out in the same nature? Right. Nobody's going to really believe you but yourself because you're believing that what you're doing is still okay and it's not and when it really and when it really hurts and life is like so much more important to me now than it ever has been because I am making these changes in my life to be a better person I'm like I can't be blessed with anything Mm -hmm. until I heal from this like what if you had a significant other I gotta have some self-control he would have walked away girl you know she is too kinds of crazy yeah (laughs) yeah and you gotta have that self-control and that that's something that's very um serious to to master even in a relationship with your significant other or you know work environment You got to learn how to be in control. You can't let someone else's insufficient actions make you go out and off into this deep, you know, anger in movement and cuss everybody out and then expect the next day for everything to be okay. It don't work like that anymore. But the important part was that you learned a lesson in it. Mm -hmm. So it's just like we just said not too long ago in the conversation, there was an incident that happened 
and you were hurt, you were angered, you felt like somebody did something, but then you also take accountability because you reacted in a way that you're not proud of, but mm -hmm. at least you took that self inventory and you learned. And maybe that was in the isolation and you, it, it literally affected other relationships yeah. in your life. It was but it was like, my, hey, I gotta do better. Yeah. It was because I was just not thinking of anyone else, but myself. And I mean, and it hit me so quickly, like, Hey, I'm going off for no reason. Like, but like all and of it this, wasn't satisfying. To it you wasn't either. satisfying. The next yeah. day it was hurtful. Yeah. So that was a big you know, change for me within these last couple of you know weeks of going into the new year. Wait, this is February, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were a little bit ahead of that, right. yeah. But it was just very deep, and I thought, dang, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm there, but I'm not there. You know, I'm getting there. It, I realize that there's still some little bit of things I need to wipe off. You Do know, you think that. In that situation happening and you taking self inventory and you mentioned your mother, do you think that a part of that underlying issue was the fact that it was the holidays and that was something that you still weren't fully healed from mm -hmm. and you you may not necessarily been like dealing with it? Like it was just kind of like laying dormant there, but it was bothering you emotionally. Yeah. I, and not to use it as an excuse. It's not, um, but. It's, my, you know, yeah. my birthday falls in December and it's always um, during the holidays. It's hard because I don't get that phone call from her to say, you know, hey, we're having a Christmas dinner. Mm -hmm. You're going to come and eat dinner with me. And it's always around my birthday because my birthday's, you know, a couple of days before Christmas. And right. so all of that, that interaction with her was always there. But it's amazing that I realized as a, I was my mom's girl, you know, right. I have other siblings, but I was always attracted to my mother mm -hmm. the most. Mm -hmm. But if I think about the attraction to my mother, it goes back to not having the self-control. I mean, we were kind of like, okay with our behavior together. Yeah. we Like that was the characteristic that was in her that you displayed. Yeah, yeah. And I displayed it. And so... Being around her, I was like, dang, I was always the one around her the most. Mm -hmm. But it was only because I attracted to what she fed me. Mm -hmm. And that was okay for me. Meanwhile, everybody's, you know, calm and settled around my dad. And he doesn't act out like that. He's right. the most loving person. So, and that balance is great mm -hmm. to have both because don't, don't, don't. Don't let, let it don't, fool you now. Don't no punk. But yeah, I, you know, but within control. Yeah, but within control. However, my dad taught me that peace and that love. So I thank God for that because I can balance right that out. But at the same time, you know, don't Jesus said laying of the hands. I will <laughs> lay these hands. <laughs> so what I'm getting from it because a lot of people ask that question. So like, how do I work on myself? Like, I don't understand. So even those things that you that you're dealing with emotionally, should I say, and this is whether you're in a relationship, out of a relationship, because like we said, it affects relationships and friendships and all types of other relationships in your life. I think that you should um, do that like mental health 
exercises in a sense a lot of us go to the gym well I don't I'm not gonna lie but a lot of people go to the gym (laughs) and they're like worried about their physical health and like I gotta keep myself in shape but like are you in shape emotionally and mentally and spiritually so Mm -hmm. even if it's like journaling or like honoring your feelings like you know today I'm sad like today this time of the year is a little difficult for me but you know, I want to do my affirmations. I want to affirm that today is going to be better. Like, I want different for myself this year. I want to be in control of my emotions. Today is going to be a happy day during this holiday season. Like, things like that, kind of even speaking those things into existence, that's mm-hmm. that rewiring of Putting your mind. And that's not saying something is wrong with you. Seeds. Everybody should just always work on self-improvement. Yeah. And it's always a harvest. Yeah. In, in what we do on a day-to-day basis, we're always creating and planting seeds. Now, whatever type of seeds you're going to create is what's going to grow. It may not come in this season, but you're going to mm-hmm. see the fruits of your harvest and you're going to be like, well, people say Ooh. you reap what you sow. Like, you do. You reap what you Universal call it karma. Life. You reap you what you sow. You put it out there, it's going to come so back you, to you. you sow seeds of negativity, you're going to reap seeds of negativity. Like, if you have this negative vibe about you, or this, like, I don't care vibe. Like, you're going to retract those types of people. But if you, like, lead with love, you know how you see people and you're like, man, there's something different she about you. All the you time. got a glow. Yeah, like, what's going on? What is this? Like, I just feel like a different, like, you mm-hmm. You just Your seem lighter. It's just great. Yes. And then <laughs> right. it's like, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. I, I got a promotion on my job. You know, I met this new guy. It's like maybe all of these people that you're around now, maybe it's more positive and maybe you it's what welcome that into your life is you're 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 removing what should be out of your you know out of that aura and you're bringing great things into that aura so that's what you're attracting now so when you do that self love right within your spirit that's what you're gonna get yes so it it's all like i said it's universal law which you put out there it's going to come back to you definitely regardless that energy it's going to recycle regardless of what you do or how you say it it's going to recycle back to how you put it out there exactly well i definitely think that a key part of um, making sure that you nourish and nurture good relationships or you try to like bring good relationships into your life is understanding what intimacy is Mm -hmm. because I think that intimacy is shown in all forms of relationships yeah so I definitely think when you understand what intimacy is you understand what you need and then when you're speaking with other people you understand how they are as a person and how you can relate to them or maybe even how you can help them or communicate with them in terms of intimacy so this leads me to the next question what is the number one thing, in your opinion, that, let's say males, let's pick on men today. Mm-hmm. What do men think of when they think of intimacy? Ooh, depending on the person. That's Depending real. on the person. It okay. is. Because. Dang, I, I, thought, I thought this was the easy one. <laughs> well, it's not because, especially now that I'm dating, mm-hmm. and I realize, like, I'm quick to just throw my hands up and be like done next i don't care i find your you're eliminated yeah you just Mm -hmm. ain't bringing the right thing to the table um the intimacy can be intellect they can learn from you 
you can teach them, they can teach you. A lot of guys that I've met have been that way. Okay. Maybe it was a little biased for me to ask you because we're two different ages. Exactly. So at your age, I'm over the heels. Yeah, they should have a little bit more of a clear understanding they, of what intimacy. Some of them Some do. of them. Not yeah. Because age, mm, they should have enough experience yeah. to understand it. But they're still looking at the physical. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But a man, a real man, the physical is automatic. But they're going to also want to know what this woman can feed me. Not just or what a dinner. Or what he can feed Yeah, or what he can feed to me. Can she meet me halfway at this table? Mm -hmm. Are we on the same goals? Are we, you know, what are we attracting here? Because you can be so pretty and have all this going for you, Brittany, and then at the end of the day, you're just just a Kelly Bundy. You don't have nothing. You Mm -hmm. can't bring anything. Mm -hmm. So how can I feed your soul mentally, physically, emotionally, and we work through this journey together if I have nothing to bring to the table? But, oh, I'm cute. Okay, so maybe that's why. Typically, I think if you ask the younger crowd, because they're probably more so in, like, the beginning stages of dating, like, really dating in the real world, not, like, high school, they would say intimacy is sex. And I think that, honestly, um, whether you're in relationships or marriages, I think that there's a lot of men out there, no matter what age, that still think that, like, physical... Um, like intercourse would be their definition of intimacy and it's like you're not doing this then it's going to be a problem and now we're going to get a divorce or now this is going to justify me going out here and go find it somewhere else and I think that that creates a lot more issues Mm -hmm. and then you start that's when in situations unfortunately people they get cheated on and they think like, is it me? Did I, did I do something? That's when they start thinking, is it me? You know, and that is the wrong situation. A lot of times we're too busy trying to unpack mm-hmm. the package. Oh, right. And not, you know, try to figure out how to get into the box. Mm. And when I say get into the box, I'm talking about my mind, my soul, not my, you know, my box. Okay. I'm, I'm talking we talked about, about that last week. Mentally, physically, and emotionally. Men want to automatically just unwrap that package and don't know what's inside. It's like, okay, looking at this book is really a nice book. So, you know, I'm just going to look at this book. It's cute on the outside. I'm going to try it. I'm not going to read it, though. Don't know what's inside of it. And a lot. And women do the same thing. We're so excited about how it looks on the outside. But what is it that is really on the inside? And that's our problem. That's the problem. We don't in take that. dating relationships, in married relationships, in friendships. That we oh don't my take gosh. the time out. Okay, to just sit back and evaluate. Like it's, really dig into like yeah, who am I dealing with, and who like what do you require, yeah. and like what are you giving up? Yeah, because I'm not gonna let some empty man come up in my home. And run things, and he ain't got nothing to offer me. And I don't work so hard to get to where I'm at. And then here you come tearing me down. But I'm also I, not going to let an empty many, friend many times, or you know, a friend that sucks me dry gossiping, with my emotions about and people, all of that. I'm not going to let that enter my life. Because it's killing me. It, it will. It's draining. It's, it's a low vibrational energy that you don't want to put into your aura. Okay. Oh, you say that, aura. 
Okay, so let's help the people kind of break it down a little bit, understand. since Because I don't actually think a lot of men and women like fully know the different types of intimacy that you deal with in all of these relationships. So I looked up, of course, the actual definition of intimacy. And it says intimacy refers to a level of closeness between two people where you feel validated and safe. It requires vulnerability, openness, and trust. Okay, so just to let y'all all know, because I don't just be throwing my own opinions out here and uh, about things like this, um, things of this nature, I don't think I'm a know-it-all. I will literally do my research, and so I, because I don't want to be out there like hurting people with bad information. Right. So um, I did find an article on psychcentral.com, and um, a lot of the feedback in this article comes from a bilingual bicultural psychotherapist by the name of Gloria Lopez. Um, and the article is also medically reviewed and approved as well. So yeah, that means it's legit, okay? <laughs> but um, the article talked about nourishing different types of intimacy and in relationships. So it said in relationships, there are four key types of intimacy. And so those um, types of intimacy are physical, emotional, intellectual which is mental mm -hmm. and spiritual so you were right on the money because you named a few of those earlier so i felt like it would be good for us to go ahead and dig in a conversation with that and break it down from there so let's start with physical intimacy what do you believe the definition in a romantic relationship of physical intimacy is i ain't got to that part in life right now because physically i'm tired Okay. You know, been married, done that, all the great things. Um, physically, so you have experienced that. I've, I've experienced it, and I'm literally physically tired. You know, mm. that's real talk. Okay. Just there. Um, the physical part that I think of is always, to me, incubus, succubus spirits. When you get people intertwining physically mm -hmm. and what type of physical you know are we expecting here is it going to be a physical intimacy where we're just going to be having sex all the time mm. and no i'm tired of that you know people don't want to just be laid up on their back all the time let's yeah. be real i mean there's so many other things out here that we can do but you're dealing with people's spirits too and so this part of my journey scares me the mm. most because I made a conscious decision that I will not allow people to just come in and just take advantage of me. Mm. And that is a lot of part of my life was the physical part of mm -hmm. it. And so I've shut the physical, you know, completely down. You know why that may seem draining? Like I can understand why you would say that at this point in life because of those soul ties mm -hmm. that get created with those mm -hmm. physical connections throughout the journey of like the different relationships you've mm -hmm. had in life and so people think it's just physical but <sighs> there's so many aspects to it where like the person you're literally connecting with them and then you're taking in like everything that comes along with them as far as mm -hmm. like mentally and emotionally and then if they have like a bad spirit it's just a lot it's, to soak in it just sucks right into and you. it's literally like baggage mm -hmm. that you're like dragging along yeah. with you so and it's draining i get it mm -hmm. i get it so um for the purpose of the article 
Um, the actual definition is physical intimacy refers to body closeness um, and physical touch. And so a lot of the things that you said, um, it can involve hugging, cuddling, kissing, holding hands. Um, I like to relate it to, um, you know, some people, since it's the month of love, they're like, um, don't be just trying to like come up and roll up on me like that. Like yeah. we're like, why don't you like prepare me? Like send me nice, like notes and letters and like, you know, give me a massage, rub my back. Like, I think that people in this world, like they'll call it like kind of like forms, mild forms of like a foreplay, yeah. but really like it's intimacy it's and intimacy. it's like leading yeah. all the way up because I think it's physical. a stronger connection at it's that point. It's physical. Yeah. And holding hands and, you know, kissing and hugging. At this age of my life, you know, first of all, you real particular about who you kissing nowadays. Because mm-hmm. you don't COVID know. Germs. There's all kind of things. We can go deep. Mm-hmm. Um, let me help some little young girl out. Because real talk, it's the physical is the hardest part. And I think the physical should be more so um, in the end. To an extent. To an extent. And I, I only say to an extent. I'm not trying to tell you how to the like. The level of maturity. Well, I'm saying to an extent because you have to express interest in a person in some type of way, whether it's like somebody rub your back or, or rub your shoulder. You know, rub your hair. Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. if, think about when you're a teenager and you go on a date and it's like, oh my gosh, you grabbed my hand. Like this is really uncomfortable, but it's also kind of like a good feeling inside. Like, you feel like, warm and cozy like, inside. And like, you're like, you're holding my hand like feelings. in front of everybody. Like, feelings. are we official now? Yeah, yeah. them feelings. I think that, most people benefit from physical touch. Like they need some type of physical touch. I know specifically in the article, they did a study in 2020. And according to the study, it says physical touch can help build bonds and can reduce perceptions of loneliness. And so I think that's why like babies, they require physical touch. Mm -hmm. I think even with a friend, when they see you or they see you hurt or they're happy for you, you. like they want to hug you. Mm Because it just is kind of like telling, it's a way of telling you like, I love you or yeah, I like I you care. or I care for mm-hmm. you. So, or even I understand. More, exactly. Yeah. So even more so in romantic relationships, that mild level of physical touch, just actually physically touching me, that means something rather than like, okay, you want to get to business, but like you ain't touched me all day. Yeah. Like. You haven't shown you that could you at just least care. hug me. Like, yes, yeah, I had a bad day. Can I get a hug? Like, did you notice me? Yeah. And so I think that for singles, I'll be like, if you don't get your dirty self away from me, don't you hug me. I don't know where you've been. It's so hard. And I guess that goes back to the level of maturity and where you're at in the level of life. And I think that's why I said I've just gotten physically tired because I've I've done it all. But I can say I watch you and like your kids love you to death and your grandkids and all of that. You still get physical touch from I still other get areas the love of life. From my my children, my family, my dad is forever hugging me. Exactly. And one of the things that my dad said on Super Bowl, he told my girlfriend, he said, She reminds me, she is me, of my <laughs> mom. I sound like Tamar. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he says she reminds me of my mother because I'm expecting when she comes in, she says, hey, daddy. And the first thing she does is kiss me on my forehead. Right. And that's the physical. Now, I can give that physical all day long to my dad, my children. 
but it's like me putting in that time and effort to someone to give them that to me. I want it back. Right. That's the hardest part where I'm at in the dating, you know, aspect yeah. of it. And but that I'm, may also be why that's not a number one priority. It's for you not right my now. priority. You're not longing yeah. for it because you still get that like physical touch fulfilled in other relationships Definitely. in your life. Even coworkers um yeah, that's are loving one. to me. Um my my friends, my classmates, we have a great relationship and you know, it's the best, especially it's so weird because when I made my uh when I decided to change mm-hmm. and I started taking the effort in the eating healthy Um, making sure I'm not putting in certain foods into my body so that I can give out certain things that I need. When I started making these changes in my life, the right people were falling off and the Mm -hmm. right people were coming along. And it's like the best thing I have is the support of my family and my friends. Mm -hmm. My family is my family. They're going to always be around. And, you know, they're going to always love me no matter no matter how I am or, you know, they're going to always look at me unconditionally. Right. The friends that I have now see this new person in me, and this is what I'm gravitating. And and they probably kind of just like want to, I would say like, uh, gleam to you more like kind of. And and it's like we're gleaming to each other Mm -hmm. because we're all, shedding yeah and we're like, all you know how people understanding are like, Gosh, I, I need some of that to rub off on yeah. me there's that physical touch right there mm-hmm. too yeah. yeah it's it's that it's just what people you know it's um it's an action well i think a key word that you said earlier is like that's how your dad is mm-hmm. and that's how you are with your kids so it makes a major difference a major difference so whereas like for me like i'm married and everything but even Throughout the years, I've had friends and family members tell me like, oh, I haven't seen you in like seven years. Can I hug you? Or they'll be like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. And you could tell they're hesitant to hug me because they don't know if it's safe or not. Because I know that I give off a certain type of vibe, like, please don't hug me. Because it's like you're reciprocating with an interest. It's This is what I posted the other day. It says love hits different. When both of you are givers, it's like an endless flow of receiving. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever feels one-sided. You can give and you're filled right back up. This is one of the healthiest connections to experience. When you're giving, but when you're given the appropriate Mm -hmm. type of action, you know, that love, that, oh, I really do care for you. It's genuine. You're See, and I think that's my, like, roadblock I run into because it's not like it's not genuine for me because literally so many people have been that way for me. But, like, just growing up in my family, just, like, all of us, like, we're just kind of more, like, to ourselves. Like, it's like a, oh, hey, like, you know, everybody know, like, we love each other, but... Like, we're not like, let's give a whole bunch of hugs and kisses. Like, but then I'm watching my family and their families weren't necessarily like that growing up either. Like, I'm looking, you know, at like their like grandparents and their parents and aunts and uncles and all of that. And everybody's not like super affectionate. Like some people have very affectionate households and then others don't. And so for me, it was like very uncomfortable because 
I'm really not used to like physical touch like this. So Mm -hmm. now you want to touch me and like, oh, it's okay. Like, I know you have good intentions, but I know that my body language comes off as like, don't touch me. But at the same time, it's like, I, I know that I like want Mm -hmm. a hug. It's so funny because, you know, I've always been very physical with my kids. I intentionally was physical with mine. It's always that. And even my grandkids, it's even worse. Oh, yeah. They say you're like worse as a grandparent. Yeah, because it's, and and I think that. Like super affectionate. You are because you realize that you probably didn't give enough to that child. Yeah. So now you can give it to their children. And it's like you're giving it back in a way that, see what I'm doing for your babies that I didn't know how to do at 23 that I'm doing now at right. 43, you know, we ain't right. get my age away. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but I think that's a part of that. What we talked about, like being intentional and like breaking that cycle. Mm-hmm. So when the question comes up is like, how do I work on me? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I take self inventory? It's changing some of those habits or those things that you were accustomed to for the best. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying something's wrong with you, but like, I know that with my kids I'm like super like, I love you. I love you. I love you. And like hugs and kisses. And so they can get in trouble. But before they go to sleep at night, they're like, oh, mommy, I still want to give you a hug and give you a kiss. Mm -hmm. I love you. And I'm like, oh, I love you, too. And when they leave, I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? I would have been mad for a week in my room. (laughs) It's like my daughter just called me today and said that, you know, someone told her that obviously she had a great upbringing Mm -hmm. as a kid because she's just a really good girl. And it's. You know, she was like, mommy, mommy, I just love you. She's 21 calling me, coming home from work, you know, right. telling me that. And I'm like, oh, I love you too. Like, what just happened? You mm-hmm. know, like, we're, you know, but then I realized, oh, wow, you know what? My fruits are coming back and right. I can see that. And I was always worried about that because I didn't know, right? you know, growing up. I was learning. Like I told my kids, I was still trying to feel my own feelings while having y'all. I was trying to understand those feelings. And it's the same with me physically when I'm dating someone. Like, I really like them, and I can... I've had one person in particular that I... Mm, What's the T? But (laughs) (laughs) it's so hard. So hard. But it's always that one little thing that's just, you know, it just sets us apart. However... um. You know, the the whole physical touch, you know, right. him coming, we see each other, we hug each other coming in the door, you know, hey, how was your day? My day was great. Mm-hmm. That's, to me, you know, physical intimacy, too. You're sitting down, you're talking about your day. Oh, that's a different part. I'll get to that. Oh, There's a definition for well, that. Well, it's kind of like you go into the emotional part yeah, of it, Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Yeah. See? But I'm mm-hmm. into that stage of it because... All of them are connected. You know, and All then of them are necessary. They are because I don't mind stroking his hair and letting him know, you know, massaging those temples and say, hey, baby, I'm here for you. Okay. I'm, I'm not doing feet because I don't like feet, no, but disgusting. I'm just going <laughs> to. Well, okay. You stepping all over our subject. So okay. that lets us know we need to go ahead and wrap up physical touch because, you know, we can talk about that forever. Yeah. But um, I definitely wanted to get feedback from the article. Um, it does say to nourish this type of intimacy, physical touch, um, you can have open conversation with the other person about their comfort level with different types of touch. Um, because as you know, from our conversation just here recently 
people have different reasons why they're uncomfortable that something traumatic could have happened to them or yeah. just physical touch could not have been necessarily normal that doesn't mean it's bad but like make them comfortable with it and so the article also goes on to say another way to cultivate physical intimacy is to make the other person feel safe with your touch so you can start off with like caresses or like kisses on the forehead um, just a soft touch and it's important to be receptive to their reactions and respect their boundaries so even with like friends and family even if it's like gosh I see this this person has a hard shell like how do I make them you know I'll just ease into it. Like, I'm not going to, like, attack you with, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, love me. Like, yeah. they love you. They yeah. just, they physically maybe are uncomfortable and don't know how to show it. But you have to ease them into it. So let's move on right along um, to emotional, since you were stepping all over that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the actual definition of emotional intimacy is being emotionally intimate with another person means being transparent with your deepest feelings, fears, and thoughts. It involves feeling safe and not judged. And it's all about being the same for the other person. Hmm. So that's kind of what you talked about recently when you were saying, you know, when they come in, like, let's have a conversation. Like, how was your day? Like, getting to know, like, who they are as a person. And, like, it's kind of a way of showing that you care. And I feel like that's kind of, like, breaking down those walls yeah, and those boundaries honestly, to the physical touch. Yeah, because you can find out, you know, what what makes this person react to certain things, how it scares them, how it puts them in fear, um, how they handle certain situations, especially in this world, the work world, you right. know, you got your, your significant other boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, they come home and they're going through all these different issues at work. It's never always a great day right. at work. It's always going to be something that, you know, takes you there. Then again, there are some good days as well. And they might not want to be touched. They and they might not like, want to be touched. Today. Yeah, like, like, I don't feel like being bothered. And so, you know, what like, do you, you do? You didn't ask me how my day was. Yeah, and then <laughs> you go into something and try to do something that they like. Like, because you've learned them. Yes. So, you know, okay, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in here and maybe cook this or if you ain't already had dinner ready, you know, depending mm -hmm. on your schedules. Mm -hmm. But it's something to make them feel comfortable to know that I'm still here for you, even though you don't want to talk about it. You know, hey, here's, you know, here's a glass of water. You yeah. know, hey. Um, it, like it's you're something emotionally you're connected giving to, to the them. person. Yeah, something. I say this all the time. People think of intimacy as just, you know, physical or there's these different types. But even in the definition, it didn't say it. And I would add to the definition that intimacy is another form of communication. Mm -hmm. So with the emotional intimacy, intimacy is connectedness, closeness. So mm -hmm. I'm emotionally connected to you enough where I've, I've listened to like your deepest feelings, your fears, your thoughts. Like I pay attention to you. I know how you operate. Like I can tell these different things that you need emotionally because we've communicated and had these discussions yeah. like I've created this safe environment for you so that you can open up to me so now I know when you come in the house obviously something happened right this is not the time for me to just like try to hop all over you or to be like hey I need you to do this this and that for me and it's like Okay, did but, you, did but you yet show any still, concern? He or she knows that the house is the most safest place and that the person in that home 
they can relate to. And even though they're having that moment, they know is, you know, once they come to that, okay, I'm better now, they can open up and share those thoughts and concerns with you. Mm-hmm. You got to make that the most sacred place for you. And that's the home, you mm-hmm. know, it has to be, or yourself in general, not just the yeah. home, yourself as a person, you've, you've got to be your most authentic self with a person so that they know that nothing's fake coming from you, mm-hmm. that this is who you really are. Oh, she really be doing some like stupid stuff too. Like, yeah. dang, like she ain't perfect. Like, yeah. you know, you gotta be more realistic with who you are and not, you know, try to shade off something to somebody, you know. Because people can sense that, they can too. Sense they can that, feel that. But Just, that's what they need is your authentic self. Yeah. Don't hide behind a scripture. Don't ever do that to me. That is ever. a negative. You hide behind a scripture well, with me. people use that as, like, emotion. I can't stand that. It's kind of like I, emotional abuse. I can't. I can't if, since we're talking yeah. about emotional Yeah, don't, don't come to me with that um, throwing Bible scriptures at me. But if you me. know Let's somebody, be real. you know that. They're, you're not going to connect to them that way. Yeah, it's fake. Not in this moment. Like something you is off with you. You don't even walk that. Yeah, and something <laughs> is off with you. Yeah. Where like you don't want to hear me preach to you. Like you want to hear like my heart. I need your to authentic you. self. I need for you to be 100% real with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember there was a time in my life when, and you probably won't even believe this, but guess what? I did some stupid stuff too, and this is this, you know, yeah. what happened. I need somebody to tell me that what I'm doing is okay, but let's make something better out of this. It's okay. You did yeah. what you did, but let's not dwell in this. Let's move forward. Or, oh, you know what? You know, this is what happened between you and your boss today. Same thing happened to me, but this is what I did. You know, you got to make or them feel do comfortable. You, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Or that's like just, gauging their emotional like meter right yeah, now. Yeah. Sometimes it's not the time. Because then, you know, mm-hmm. this is not the kind of stuff that he's going to deal with. I know. No, we're not going to do that right now. He or she. No, they don't. They don't. Not. They don't. You make somebody right talk about something yeah. and they're not ready. Then yeah. You just. You've and cut then off you, that emotional intimacy connection that you and once you can't had, even really relate and they can't to trust them. you anymore. Yeah, because they can't relate to you at this point anyway. So one thing I definitely appreciate: there's been times I've called you and like it just randomly, and you're like, "So what's wrong?" And I'm like, "All I said was hello." And but you're you like, "What's wrong?" It. But it's a certain it's, tone. You can feel it. It's there's this emotional connectedness mm-hmm. yep. there. So, yeah. um, I definitely know a, a part of the article. I definitely wanted to, um, I wanted to point out is because not just talking about um, romantic relationships, but it also said that parents and children can build on their emotional intimacy. This is if they maintain a sense of curiosity about the relationship. So um, it gave a specific example of um, the psychotherapist said it's important for a parent or guardian to ask questions or come from a place of curiosity rather than make an accusation. If a child, even if they're an adult, feels like they'll be judged, they won't share intimate details of their lives with their parents. The same goes for friendships and romantic relationships. So it's like we said creating that safe space Mm -hmm. for people to be able to open up to you emotionally and be vulnerable with you so that you can help them and assist them. That's good. That's real good because, um, you know, when I was young, when I was young, 
I remember as a kid, my parents were really busy. They were too busy trying to make the house, you know, comfortable. We right. had food on the table. We were taking care of business. They were taking care of business. So when I needed to be emotional, I had nobody to go to. When I cried, I cried alone. So when my kids were coming up and they were crying, I didn't know how to handle that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't allow them to express themselves. And so like my oldest daughter, she's really, I mean, she's the sweetest thing. You know, she's Mm -hmm. a sweet girl. I love her with everything in me. Shout out to Tariana. Mommy's proud of you, my future Aryan. (laughs) But she, um, she held her emotions in. Right. And so as she got older in life, that affected her. And it affected her, you know, through just not just relationships, but through friendships and, you know, in yeah. her own parenting. Like we said, it affects all your relationships so it, it, Yeah. And so if you don't give a child some type of um, boundary mm-hmm. where we have certain things we can say to each other, if you're upset, there's certain words you can choose with yeah. me. You know, my kids would do Freedom Friday. It was Freedom Friday. They got to do what they wanted. They got to dress the way they wanted to dress in school for that day, Mm -hmm. that Freedom Friday. They got to, you know, tell me how their week was, but they were authentic about it because I knew that I was not allowing my kids to communicate. So I had to think of something to help me to understand them. So that Freedom Friday was their expression day. They couldn't cuss, (laughs) but they had safe words they could use with me to make them feel like it was okay. But I learned that after, you know, realizing my Otis and how she was. And I'm like, Oh God, I do this with all the kids. Like I want them to be able to talk to me and tell me what is going on in life. I don't want them to shy away. I do the same thing with my grandkids. Well, see, that's why I think it's important to understand intimacy, which is why I'm glad we're talking about this today, because even if you're dealing with a significant other, let's say, if you start to talk to them and get to know get to know them, some things people are okay with opening up about. Like, they'll tell you about their childhood, and it could sound horrible, and they don't even shed a tear, because they're like, hey, especially men, they're like, oh, it is what it is. Dry but mm-hmm. it's... It, uh, it's not it is what it is like you're not even pat like it's I can tell there you're trying to just mm-hmm. brush it off mm-hmm. but even in that you learn about the person that you're dealing with whether it's um romantic or a friend you learn like oh so this is what I'm expecting this out of you I want you to be like mm-hmm. super emotional with me or be in tune with my feelings but like you're numb to your own. Yeah. That's how men and women kind of differ in those. Um, Cause we're actual nurturing. Women we're, are more emotional, we're but all in there's the a lot of us that are still like, we kind of cut off those emotions. Cause mm-hmm. there's things you, I mean, suck it up. You hear that like growing up as a kid, even if you're playing sports, it's like suck it up, get out there, get it mm-hmm. together. It's like, don't honor your feelings. But it's important to honor you your feelings. To let, they're they're you gonna build to up and just blow out. up. Yeah. And that's when you get destructive people because you gotta be careful. You know, um, that was one of the things that I was worried about my daughter as she got older. I was like, um, you know, you never show your emotions. Like, are you really sad? And she'd be like, Yeah, I mean I'm sad, but I mean what? It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I remember her telling me that one day and I was like, Well, it is what it is. But she just didn't know how to express her feelings. Now I think that she's a mother and she's got her children. And I think that we have a different level of, you know, understanding. 
But well, if, and motherhood, just being a parent, period, it is the most triggering thing yeah, ever. Yeah. So it makes you take self inventory. It makes you, yep. And you're like, why am I reacting this so way? So it automatically How can I help them? In, yeah. And then you start working on yourself mm-hmm. for the betterment of yeah. your kids. But you can, it, those it, those emotions are deep. And, and right. it's, you can go all day into the emotional part of it because it goes back to what I said earlier you can't give someone something that's uh, something that's not in you to give. Mm-hmm. That's a part of the emotion as well. I can't love you if I don't love myself. It, it's what you have in you. Mm-hmm. You can only help someone. So, you know, you can't give somebody emptiness if, I mean, unless that's all they want. But yeah. you can't give somebody emptiness. You can't fulfill somebody's cup if you're empty on the inside. Well, I know the article specifically, it gives ways to nourish those types of intimate relationships. Um, This is a really good one. It says to nourish emotional intimacy, you need to take risks and be open. However, if one or both people are emotionally unavailable or fear intimacy, closeness in this aspect may become challenging. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to the question of, how do you connect with a person that appears to be emotionally unavailable, which typically is the case in a lot of like romantic relationships because women are like, I want to talk about this. Like, let's talk about talk emotions. About and then men are like, it's too much. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. Let's just move on. But eventually, like that creates a rift because you're no longer connected emotionally. Yeah, or you feel like you I can't, can't talk to this yourself. person. Like, it's yeah. not safe. And so me personally, I don't think that it is impossible. I think it's a challenge, like the article says. And that happens in dating relationships. That happens in marriages because people are people. Everybody is complex individual. Everybody learned how they communicate or different forms of intimacy from the beginning of time when they were born, coming up through life. And so I think if me personally, you create that safe space and you're like patient with people. You can't just turn somebody into the person you want them to be if they're worth it. So like if it's like um like a family member or like you're married, I think that you owe it to the person to be like more patient with them and mm-hmm. delicate yeah. and then kind of um, nurture that relationship. Like they know I'm here for you. Like it's safe. Like you can talk to me. Don't like pressure them. And I think um, as that relationship develops, they'll be more open to opening up to Mm -hmm. you. And even if they don't, then even just you giving them resources, like whether it's a book or sending like a quote or something like that, or just letting them know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. I love you. It will eventually like soften up like that, like hard space and maybe open up the door for, you know, some like therapy or something of some sort so that they can really get to the bottom of like why What's they're so on? emotionally yeah. blocked off because once they open up that block it'll blossom for the other relationships yeah. in their life so okay yeah intellectual intimacy so that is mental that is spiritual development you definitely have to be on a, and I guess that goes into that goes into spiritual. You're yeah. trying to fast forward through I mean, because I, I have I'm to fast look at that forward and I'm through because like, I know you want to get to it because it's a spiritual development. I mean, they all are connected. The to relationship it. with God is the most important thing, and I try You're not personal. It, it's it is so personal because yeah. He knows you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet to the every 
little bit of hair on your head. Mm -hmm. And the relationship with God Mm -hmm. is going to show exactly who you are as a person. Right. Because he is the creator. And I think that the spiritual part of it is when you connect to him, he brings everything else to the table. Well, that's when that self-awareness like blows like wide open. Exactly. And it's like, oh, this is too much. And I have (laughs) to really, really make sure that if I'm spiritually connected and my, you know, spiritually and intellectual all, I think just go hand in hand. Because well, it's about the mind, but they well, all sure. are connected. Yeah, yeah, but it's about yeah. We're on spiritual intimacy right now, since that's what she jumped to. Yeah, <laughs> so let's just do that, and it it deals with your mind, and it's what you are feeding yourself. This is true. So, um, in terms of a relationship, now. It even says in the article, it's a blurred concept because it means different things to different people. But spiritual intimacy means feeling close, validated, and safe sharing your innermost ideas and beliefs on life's purpose and your connection to the holy. And so some people have different spiritual beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that leads into a lot more questions I think that is very important to have a conversation about, especially if it is a romantic relationship. So let me ask you, do you think two people can fully connect if they have different spiritual beliefs? Culturally, can you change that? How you were culturally raised? like Oh, so like if somebody's from a different culture and like uh-huh. they're like Hindu it, and yeah. like you're Christian. Yeah, so... Ugh. Can That's you, like that You People movie. Yeah. Muslim can you, and yeah. Jewish. Can you really change that? That's hard because you, you know, you can change yourself, but your beliefs mm-hmm. is really hard. Rooted and grounded in who you are. In who you are. And so can you relate? Well, see, and that's why in the question I said, can two people fully connect spiritually? Because I don't, I don't knock the race of, you know, I'm biracial, Mm -hmm. so I definitely can't knock it, but I do know that I had a, my grandmother was Caucasian and she came from a plantation. Right. I don't relate to her at all. Right. Not at all. I don't even see the, I don't even want to, well, I've studied and went back to, you know, to, to heal myself because there's a lot of things that I dealt with, but back to that, um, I don't want to relate to that lifestyle. But I can't, I can't date anyone that is um, a not believer in God. That's a, that's a, that's a no. Just personal questions. We both have agreed. We just don't think we could do that in a dating relationship. But I, but can, I, there's a yeah. million people that do. Yeah. I just don't. You know. It's just hard. Because I, mean, I don't hey, want to single anybody out. No, I'm not singling at all. What works you for know, them works for them. But what works for them works for them. That's true. But that's a little deep. I mean, we may well, the do main some more part study about, it, about that. Yeah, I think the main thing that you like hit the nail on the head was respect. Um, the article goes on to say, spiritual intimacy is about sharing the impact of your that the impact your beliefs have on your life and respecting this may be different for the other person. Yeah, because you don't know where they're coming from and you don't even know their the end of their story. And you could be a part of the end of that story. You yeah. never know why God puts 
people into your life. That's why I say yeah. I can't single That's why you out respect someone. People. Like, yeah. Even when it this comes up more so, I believe in everyday life with like coworkers or like friends because a lot of people like to push their beliefs on people and not respect the fact that like, hey, you know, I if we're having a conversation about it, let's have a respectful conversation and if you choose to believe what you believe and I believe what I believe, let's just leave it at that. Like I don't, none of us have like died. We don't know what happens after the lights are off. Mm-hmm. And so I can't say that I'm right and you're wrong or vice versa, but let's just, I just agree to disagree. And I, I respect you and yeah. just respect me. I won't let anybody plant a seed in my head that I know is not of God. And that's what I said. Yeah. Respect We me. ain't going to do like, that. Like, this is my religion. And I'm not going to take and that And I don't want to hear. Yeah. yeah. As a kid, I did that. But now, as an adult, I'd be like, no, um, baby, that ain't me. Yeah. You ain't about to put that in my spirit. You ain't going to feed me that way. Yeah. No, I ain't buying that one. Well, this last one, we can zoom through it real quick here. It is intellectual intimacy which is also referred to as mental intimacy. It refers to the sharing, to sharing your ideas, opinions, and life perspectives. It may also involve intellectually challenging each other and being open to learning or at least considering the other people's ideas. Now, I can say personally for myself, this reminds me of like, you know, like mental stimulation. Mm-hmm. Like to me, to me personally, this is the most important form of intimacy because like our, it gives all my relationships in life substance mm-hmm. and so for for instance that's how my husband he like reeled me in like from the beginning because i met him in college you understand so each other i'm getting all of these inboxes from people or seeing people you know when i get up to a college campus they're like oh what's up oh, oh you want to chill oh let's you know let's hang out da, 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 all this stuff and they're like what's back then they might even been saying like what's up ma like who who is ma like mm-hmm. My grandma's in Kansas. Like, I don't like even what? This language. Like what? Like do, do, like the, and don't whistle at me. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But like at the time, he had reached out to me, and we were talking about the election. Like we were talking about what classes we took. Like I couldn't figure out. Like, are you trying to talk to me like that? Or are you trying to be like my friend? Like, are you trying to just have an intellectual or he's conversation? You. Yes, but it was also a great like way to capture my attention. And he's I don't still know. A man. Yes, like He's if that was, him. if you wanted a don't different way to approach away, me, you know, it was he, great. It was he, great. Don't, don't throw away the player card. But he, I remembered him. It was like, okay, this yeah. is different. But like we can co- connect on an intellectual level. Like you're stimulating my mind. Like this isn't just, okay, like you, like you look good. And there's like a million people that look good. Mm-hmm. I, I have something more to add. Like I have good conversation like we can have intelligent conversation like we asked each other why are we voting for this president in the election that is interesting to me not like so what you want to do on friday night i don't even know you Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it i i think that it is the most important in in my opinion and then it just makes room for everything else so i agree Anywho, well, we can stay on this intimacy forever, but I definitely think we did it do justice. How do you feel? I think we did um, pretty good, and I think that we just have to understand what are we going to limit into our lives, what the amount of, what will allow, um, how much will we allow, the, the limit of it, or how much will we eliminate? Yeah. So. What are we going to connect to and what and are what we going to disconnect not, yeah. from? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm, that's a good one. All right. Well, to wrap it up with our quick wrap ups, music streaming. Um, I hear it is possible Rihanna could be coming out with new music. That is probably a lie because she's been saying that for years and now she's pregnant. But I've heard that in the atmosphere. So that is one thing. And then you sent a song to me earlier today. Okay, so, and I'm not sure if anybody is familiar with 19 Keys on Instagram, but he has uh, a friend that's an artist, and he has a song called Men That Protect. It's by Basher and Ampu. Ampu, I think. Ampu. Ampu, yeah. Yeah, so it's B-A-S-H-E-E-R and Ampu, and you can find it on... um, All streaming platforms, basically. Oh, really? Yeah, Spotify, Apple Music. Yeah, and it's called Men That Protect, and it features 19 Keys. And it's a powerful um, song that I actually downloaded a lot of his music because he's spiritually connected, and he's just at his highest. Yeah. You know, it's deep. So it listen really to song. it. Men That Protect featuring 19 Keys by Basher and Ampu. Great. So um, quick wrap up on movie and TV streaming. Um, Valentine's Day, there's a Netflix show that came out called Perfect Match. And it is kind of like a competition game, but between couples and they're trying to match up with compatibility, the perfect person. I don't know. It's another one of those Netflix dating shows, but it gave me life. I enjoyed it. It features all the contestants from all of the dating shows that are on Netflix. So well, you I might appreciate see that. Faces. Yeah, because I mean, that's like okay, the Hallmark movies, my Christmas movies. They're all over with. They're all over with. So I had the football some. season. I'm like, what are we doing now? Yeah, like I'm so bored today. I'm like, what? Yeah, what am I doing? We'll get some more. Nothing stuff exciting out there. going on. I mean, come on, what can we play football all year round? I'm not a basketball fan, <laughs> but hey, yeah. Well, I can tell you what not to watch as a part of my streaming news. You. Y-O-U, the show You that is on Netflix. It originally started on Lifetime. The first three seasons were great. This fourth season, I got through the second episode, and I, no, I didn't even get all the way through it. I got like five minutes into the second episode, and it was freaking horrible, and I probably not I've never even it. heard of it, but I have hear about the reading, and Monique did a really good... I heard about that. I gotta watch it. But I heard it's kind of demonic. It's, yeah, that's why I was scared. That's why I hadn't watched it yet. I don't yet. like feeding my, my I don't spirit, like that either. I've seen see. her eyes rolling to the back of her head, and uh, I was like, I Okay, yeah, it. we'll see All how right. that goes. Well, y'all let us know. Okay, so right. just to wrap it up, the quote of the day for today Um, that fits in perfectly with today's podcast topics is from somebody by the name of Rupi Carr. And the quote is, how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. I just saw that today. Yes. So I'm going to post it tomorrow. Actually, I saw it on Facebook. Really? I did. Oh, shoot. I just came up on it. But it was a part of the love month thing. Oh, makes sense. And then also, um, real quick, trends and like patterns and stuff like that. No matter what, don't get caught up in it. It's this is life. Take your time, rewind. It's always okay to redirect yourself and it's okay to to be you don't have to be critical, but um go ahead and just know what's good for you, what's not good for you. Eliminate the good, keep the bad. I mean eliminate <laughs> the, the bad. Eliminate the bad. Eliminate the bad, keep the good. I'm trying to read it off of something here. But at the end of the day, know your worth and stick to what you believe in. Amen to that. Amen to that. 
Well, I think that was great. That wraps up today's show. As always, y'all, please um, send us your comments and feedback. You can follow me on Instagram at sheistwinkle1. And where can they follow you? Oh, you can follow me at I am Nina Watts. On Instagram. On Instagram. Yes. Um, send us direct messages. Comment on a picture. Um, we will definitely get back to you. Let us know what you think. But other than that, y'all, it was good doing this recap wrap up. And, you know, you can come on the show whenever. Everybody loves you. And uh, we always have great conversations. So um, this has been another episode of Excuse Me, I'm Speaking. Y'all, we've talked so much. We've talked our heads off. It is time for us to stop speaking. And we are out of here. Love you all. Bye. Bye.